joined by Cleo, um, and you are the founder of Ambry Postnatal and Family Retreats. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's um, how we found each other. Absolutely. Um, I I think Caroline, actually, our head PT, yeah. uh, knows you from around and about and yeah. way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From my, from <laughs> and my she was like, Sophie, day. Cleo, you have to talk. Yeah. And we yeah. were like, sure, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've, I think I've been aware of Ambry Postnatal for quite a few years, obviously, because I'm like, target market yeah yeah absolutely um, yeah. um which is really nice actually because when I started I you know no one out there was doing postnatal retreats um and obviously we do a lot more than that now like we yeah. started off kind of purely postnatal and now it's more kind of ambreathe and and we do kind of postnatal preschool families um, menopause and y- you know and, and, and I think they they all have a bit of a thread through them but um when we started no one was talking about the fourth trimester really um that whole period after you give birth the support that you need and certainly no one was looking for postnatal retreats whereas now um actually people get it if you say oh we you know i run i support women in in the postnatal period and their families and you know we we do kind of proper fitness for postnatal and and postpartum moms um and yeah people get it a bit more which is really nice because i guess it feels like I've been part of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, for a long time. When um, did you found yeah. uh, So my um, daughter was born in 2014, and so I had the idea shortly after giving birth because mm. I <laughs> thought it was a bit shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I Yeah, I really, really struggled, actually, postnatally. And so I was desperate to go on a retreat or, like, find somewhere that I could get back to myself, like, refind my strength physically but also mentally and emotionally as well yeah. I, I I mean I know I'm not alone in this because I've spoken to many women since um who feel the same but I just didn't understand how much my identity would shift and how much I would find that a real struggle actually yeah. um so that was really something that I wanted so, so I wanted to kind of come to terms with that in a space that that felt safe and mm. kind of get fit and healthy again and you know stop eating the like hundreds of biscuits that I'd been <laughs> eating because I was breastfeeding and couldn't move and breastfeeding was really hard and that was all I could manage to eat and you know it's the yeah. only thing you can eat one-handed anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so yeah I just kind of wanted needed I felt like I was at the right time to kind of like get out of this fog but I needed a bit of a kickstart and I wanted to do it in a, a safe space and I wanted my husband to come and I wanted yeah. to bring a baby um, because I was still feeding and I wasn't ready to leave her anyway. Um, and, you know, there just wasn't anything that catered to that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> me being me, it was like, let's let's just do one. <laughs> I'm going to make it. Yeah, let, let's just see how it goes. Uh, and so, yeah, we did like a, a tester one. I think it was in the April or May of the following year. So 2015, and that went quite well. Um, so then we did a, a real life one. Uh, and we had the Guardian along, and uh, another journalist as well as you know some civilians, mm. and uh, yeah. So then we got some really lovely coverage out of that, and it kind of, kind of went from there really. So we, we were yeah. quite lucky uh, to to have that you know amazing coverage early on, and we still get referrals from it actually, which is incredible. I think something these things grow because there's a need for mm. them. It's you know you it's a respond to the to the market yeah yeah definitely um and the response has been amazing like everyone I talk to is 
blown away by the idea and yeah. kind of says, I can totally understand why you need that and why you came up with it and it would have been amazing when yeah. I had my first child if I'd known about it and yeah. things like that. So I, I guess for me, my motivation now is to really kind of spread the word and, and try and get pe- more people to know about it. Yeah. Um, and also to reach more people through, uh, you know, maybe other products as well as retreats because obviously retreats being what they are are very people intensive you know they're costly yeah. to put on so therefore you know they they're, yeah. they're fairly costly to to attend yeah. yeah um so you know i'm i'm really interested in kind of figuring out a way of like reaching more people in the similar space and providing a similar you know similar support but in a different way yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which i know is something that you're really interested yeah. in as well i yeah. think there's th- there's so many conversations going on now about how we can support women um in the different phases of life, which mm-hmm. is amazing. And, and it needs to be accessible because, well, because not everyone can afford to do a week away or even yeah. not everyone can afford to see a women's health physio, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Um, they're, they're really important, I think, for well-being, but they are an extra, they're an add-on, especially yeah. when you're on maternity leave and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we yeah. need to find a way of reaching more women. It, and it's a really fine line as well because obviously the obvious answer is kind of online resources and that kind of thing but you know how do you monitor the quality and also yeah. there's no there's no personal interactions and yeah. actually a lot of that is a lot of that the the kind of life stage change spaces that you and I are, are, are passionate about you know menopause adolescence like you know postnatal all of that mm. actually the personal contact is what's really key and yeah. reading the other person and, and assessing what they really need and that I think is a really tricky one to deliver remotely but remotely is the only way that you can disseminate it you know in a kind of populist way so I don't know so it is a really tricky one yeah yeah watch this space basically something's (laughs) going to appear in the future yeah so Sophie and I are going to take over the world uh just give us some money um we'll 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 get on with it don't don't you worry we've got this (laughs) um so we met we met for a coffee uh, before Christmas, we figured it out. <laughs> um, and um, we said that we would record to talk about postnatal sex mm-hmm. as a hot topic. That's super hot. Super pun hot topic. Pun, pun intended. Yeah. Um, and you have written some uh, articles yeah. about this. So yeah. tell me how, well, tell me about your sort of journey into this topic. Yeah. Um, I am really passionate about postnatal sex again pun intended I, 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 I do love oh, a pun there's going to be so there, many there are going to be a few um, got to lighten it up somehow um, I had a really awful journey um, postnatally in general but also with, with postnatal sex and mm-hmm. and that is something that is that impacts your self esteem because as a woman particularly I think uh, postnatally you are worried about all sorts of things and you know sex is just kind of yet another thing that you're kind of super nervous about um, and obviously it then impacts your relationship as well mm. and your relationship probably is the only thing that is kind of keeping you together in, mm-hmm. in that really tough sleepless stage and you know the more that you and your partner don't understand each other the worse it gets and you know, you and I were talking just before we started recording. It was really good content, guys. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> we need to just go back to that. Well, it, it will come up in, in Dribs and Drabs throughout this. Um, 
But we were talking about the how a woman's uh, perspective on her own body and her own boundaries will change because she has been through childbirth and a man has, has witnessed the birth but hasn't been through it physically and so you know can never really fully comprehend what you've been to and how your relationship with your body may have changed Mm. so it's a it's a really tricky one because even if you have the most understanding husband in the world and you or partner in the world and you know you talk about everything you go to therapy like you know you're on an amazingly connected level Mm. there there is likely to be a bit of a disconnect Mm. in terms of like how you feel going back into that first time you know, having sex or being intimate or whatever it might be. And that's even if you haven't had any trauma to your body, which actually most of us have on some level, Um, you know, no matter what your birth was like. So, yeah, it's a really big topic for me. Um, I, I, as I say, I struggled with it massively. And the more people that I spoke to about on the retreats, like you could kind of, you get a sense that people are like not happy in that space and you know when you get to know people on a retreat because you you do that's the beauty of the retreats that we run is that you have this one-to-one time with them over the course of a week and so people get to know and trust you and that's really lovely Mm. but you end up sharing things that you wouldn't necessarily over a coffee yeah like you know in a mum's group at home you know in your baby massage class or whatever um and so it felt like it was a topic that people were actually really worried about and actually, you know, a lot more people would need help on that aren't receiving it. Yeah. And so I started to be a little bit more open about my own journey and it actually came from a blog post, first of all, and then that post had so much, um, you know, had a really good response. Um, and I sent it to a friend, actually, and said, look, I want to disseminate this more widely. <laughs> Um, and she was like, oh, well, um, you know, my editor at the uh, Telegraph, um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll publish it for you. And I was like, oh, my God, amazing. Um, and she did. I mean, it took a little while. But, yeah, yeah. and so it has kind of gone from there, really. And I've written for, for a couple more publications since then um, as well on it. And it feels like it's something that people are not, you know, that isn't being addressed properly at the moment. I think with um, sex and sexuality and... That there's still a lot of shame, judgment, embarrassment mm-hmm. um, around that as a topic. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like even <laughs> even before we add yeah. in a postnatal experience yeah. or, you know, or any kind of physical trauma. Yeah. It's something that we find really hard to talk about. Yeah. Um, it's such a charged, emotive subject. And I think when you broach that subject, not from... Well, when you broach it postnatally, when you have been through a physical experience and then you add in the dynamic of a relationship, mm-hmm. that, let's be honest, when you have... Sorry to anyone that's about to have a kid. But when... <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. When you have kids, your relationship gets turned upside down. Yeah. It's, it's a bit chaotic for a while. Yeah. Um, just on a connecting... I love the way you said for a while. <laughs> well... Oh. How long's a while? <laughs> on is a piece of string <laughs> I think it, you know I, th- I mean it varies and obviously everyone's experience is going to be slightly different and this isn't kind of to paint it as like oh it's shit because it isn't it's yeah. it's wonderful yeah. and there's a, there's really amazing stuff but there's really different stuff it, it, it's it's just completely different to how it was before yeah. and you can't imagine that until you've been through it I think yeah and then and then when you're in it 
for having the tools or finding the tools to keep communication open mm-hmm. between you is, is a real skill and yeah. it can take time. And I think so much of your relationship before kids actually is focused around sex Mm. anyway. You know, what is a relationship? You know, if you're not having sex with someone, you may as well just be their friend. It is one way of thinking about it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, if you don't have that connection, you start kind of questioning what your relationship is all about. And obviously, post-kids, you you know, you're not sleeping. You feel a bit shit about yourself. You mm. possibly have, you know, slight body image issues as well because of the changes that you're, you're you've been through, mm-hmm. um, and all of that doesn't really make for a kind Sexy of intimate, <laughs> yeah, and, se- and, and <laughs> it doesn't doesn't make for a good time, um, <laughs> and y- you know, so you then kind of that then feeds into a larger conversation around, you know, okay, what the bloody hell is this relationship for? Okay, am I just a mom now? Yeah, am I just a dad now? Like, yeah. you know, and so taking away the 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 kind of sex and the and the intimacy part of things, and for a lot of women, you know, they they're not in their career anymore. They, they you know they've taken yeah. some time off, so it feeds into a much bigger conversation around your whole identity so it's much more important that people realize I think this whole like you know yeah okay it's only in inverted commas sex but you know sex is kind of a linchpin to 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 that whole like family nucleus yeah I mean it's the reason that you have a family in the first place yeah 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 yeah, definitely and it's you know when you first meet your partner it's Mm -hmm. there's got to be that sexual attraction that chemistry well you hope so yeah (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go along the thought that there is. <laughs> That's how you got to this point in the first place. But it is; it's such a massive part. And I mean, I would be amazed if I met a couple who could honestly say that it hadn't, it hadn't changed. changed. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Or who was saying that honestly? That's yeah. Yeah, because I think that that's part of the problem as well. Is that. In in our very social media heavy world, <laughs> everyone is banging on about how wonderful parenthood is. You know, they've got their pristine houses on Instagram. You I know, hate like those houses. <laughs> My house. Is not I that. want them, but I hate them. Yeah, like, I know. I'm like, <laughs> good damn you. <laughs> they don't exist. It's fine. Um, and you know, you feel like everyone is doing amazingly, and you're the only one that's that's doing badly or, or suffering or, or having trouble communicating or you know not, not having sex mm. and so actually you know and and that does uh, that is layered on to sex and intimacy as well so you kind of assume that everyone else's sex life is fine mm. and actually for most people it isn't they're just not telling you it is mm. and added to that there is the whole uh, conversation that the whole kind of um societal framework within which we're brought up sorry to get heavy but like you know all of the conversations around sex and having babies are usually related to jokes about oh my god you know uh, you know it was like having sex in a cave because her vagina was so big do you know what I mean and it's and it's I mean it's utterly unforgivable but that those are the conversations that we are brought up around so you are even less likely to feel good about yourself afterwards because you're so worried that your body is so irreparably damaged by pushing a baby out yeah. or, you know, even having had that weight on it yeah. on your pelvic floor for nine months if you've had an abdominal birth. Like, it, you know, that doesn't help. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and and the con- you then feel worse about yourself. Yeah. And then there's, I've, I've definitely noticed it, kind of a, 
the the jokes between guys mm-hmm. like oh yeah god you know we have, what when do we have sex or we never have sex or whatever you know these mm-hmm. jokes that like sex is now this thing that just happens once a fucking five years yeah and oh god <laughs> we're so hard done by and yeah like don't get me wrong i i see the value of sex i think it's incredibly important in yeah. relationships but that kind of dialogue is damaging it's really damaging yeah. not just to the the woman but to the but to man as well, yeah. you, you know it's like that isn't reality and and it creates it creates that whole kind of one-upmanship of masculinity yeah which is you know in itself very dangerous but you know the more you don't talk about it the worse it gets you know mm. it, it's basically it's, a, it's like a vicious circle isn't mm. it of like you know oh yeah you know i only get it such and such. Oh, it's my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, (laughs) you know, that uh, bloody Robbie Williams as well, like, what did he say about... he was like watching watching your wife give birth is like watching your favorite pub burn down or something oh horrific my like that. I know. Robbie, you twat. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of I could say about Robbie Williams anyway, but I literally was like, okay, fine, fine. Do you know what I'm past? You know, you're not worth my time anymore. <laughs> yeah, Robbie, you are out. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I think it's. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, it's. Um, it is that chat that if you think about the amount of men and women that will have heard that, mm-hmm. um, I think w- we are perhaps in a very small percentage of yeah. people that actually do start to talk about this. And we both have partners who will talk about it with yeah, us. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that is necessarily the, case, the norm. Yeah. Like I, I do feel with most things in my life that I'm in an echo chamber Um, (laughs) and I like it it feels good (laughs) it feels safe but um, Sophie and I basically spend our time talking to each other (laughs) (laughs) and agreeing batting stuff back and forth Um, other opinions welcome obviously (laughs) (laughs) but you know for a majority of people I would imagine that is the kind of narrative that is threaded through postpartum and yeah. and sex within a, a relationship yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so damaging and and I think there's you know the, there's a lot to say for you know just you were referencing there about like you know your relationship with your partner and being open and, and being able to like have that discussion and I just think it's so easy to underestimate just even sitting down and talking to someone about it mm. um, which even I as someone who kind of spouts that as as like a way to live like find it found it very difficult at the beginning yeah. to actually like talk to my husband about it because I was so upset about it yeah. I was so just kind of livid with myself for a not being able to have comfortable and 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 enjoyable sex but also that I couldn't talk about it I was so sad that I had that it had changed and that was so much a part of you know what we were about mm. and how I measured myself mm. I mean there's obviously lots in there around my relationship with sex anyway kind of growing, growing well you know in my teenage years and university years and early 20s and so on which is you know a really kind of formative time for, for women usually yeah. around around this topic um, but yeah I, I found it really really hard so I mean you know I can totally relate to if you're if I found it hard with a husband that I it is very communicative and open and you know we've been to a lot of couple therapy and things like that you know what must it be like for people who don't have that kind of relationship and that kind of openness yeah yeah 
or even for women who don't think that there's that their feelings around it are valid. Mm -hmm. So you kind of play the good fly back <laughs> and yeah exactly and you know i mean i have i've heard of women who have had sex a couple of weeks after giving birth oh my God, well and done. well i mean but they've done but it they and felt like they needed to by it but have done it out of duty yeah yeah duty it's another thing that they have to do it's in order really to keep the sort of marital home or the relationship happy and to in, in almost service, right, mm -hmm. to their partner, because I guarantee you that a couple of weeks after having sex, there is no need or want for a woman mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, hormonally, if we just take out the physiology of, of giving birth, yeah. hormonally, we are not at that point. Yeah. Um, and I think, in all honesty, like for myself, it took until after I stopped breastfeeding for me to feel like you wanted quite to. feminine and, and mm. sexual and playful again. Yeah. Because until that time, I felt that my body was in service. Yeah. I was quite. I to felt very else. functional. Yeah. Um, and then you add on the being touched and pulled at and grabbed at and yeah, you know, bitten, and Bo <laughs> boobs just like spilling milk everywhere. Yeah. I hated that. I hated that. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it th it doesn't lead to feeling sexy yeah. about yourself. Yeah, and I, and I think I, uh, I felt pressured not from my husband, but you know from myself, which is impacted by you know the cultural norms. Mm. I, I felt the pressure to have sex mm. and to want to do it and to enjoy it and you know for it all to be fine and for me to be like you know perfect again and, yeah and that was really really hard um so yeah it's all it's all kind of tied up in in a in a, in a little bag of very difficult stuff to unravel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also as you touched on i think our relationship to sex is formed over a very long period of mm -hmm. time and and that can start in your teens yeah um and that is a big thing to unpick yeah. in the postpartum period when hormonally you are a bit shaky. Yeah. Um, physically, you're not feeling yourself. Exactly. Your identity has shifted. Yeah. And, and add on to that if you know you're suffering from any maternal mental health issues, you yeah. know, personal depression, anxiety, whatever it might be. Mm. Um, you know, and and you know, and or if your other half is as well. Yeah. You know, it's a whole other kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah. That you've got to to contend with. Um, but I think the the physical thing as well. I mean, we've we've talked a lot around the kind of mental side of things and how you kind of come into come into that period in your life. Um, and actually, I think women underestimate. The, well, we all underestimate the physical impact mm. that, you know, having a baby can have on your body because a lot of the dialogue is around, you know, natural in inverted commas birth um, and, uh, you know, the fact that it is a, a, a very normal thing, you know, it's a normal thing for, for women to go to and, and, and that's fine but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have an impact on your body yeah um doesn't mean that you can just walk out and you know 
yeah. you know, skip down the road the next day. Yeah. Um, you need to, to give it time, and I and I guess we don't we don't often do that. And I, uh, you know, there's also not enough. Uh, and I, I certainly found, and, and anecdotally from a lot of other people that I've spoken to since, um, have found that uh, there isn't enough um, post. Not post-operative or post, uh, you know, birth advice around how to care for yourself, particularly with regard to scarring, particularly yeah. with regard to, you know, how your body might recover afterwards. And I'm talking about like the muscles mm -hmm. of your pelvic floor, mm -hmm. you know, your uterus shrinking back to size, your vagina, vaginal walls, like you know, becoming you know, refinding themselves, if you yeah. like. Um, and, and no one talks about that. And, you know, I know a lot of women who had, myself included, I had um, an episiotomy and mm. also in internal grazes, um, both of which produced scars. But n n no one thought to tell me, okay, well, your scars might hurt for a while. Like, yeah. <laughs> which I know sounds silly, but I was like, I thought if they had healed and there was no infection that they wouldn't be painful, yeah. whereas actually they were the most sensitive thing. Um, and no one, no one told me about scar massage um, and that that could help. No one told me about how the scarring in my vagina would probably be impacted by the strength of my pelvic floor. So I had a hypertonic pelvic floor, so, so too strong, yeah. um, not flexible enough, because I had been so worried about this whole, you know, dialogue yeah. we've been talking about around, yeah, you know, my vagina's never going to be too tight enough again. Yeah. Um, so I was desperately doing my, my, my kegels throughout the, uh, my pregnancy, but no one had ever said to me to release afterwards. Yeah. So I didn't know that that was a thing. I was just like, oh, I just need to get them tight, tight, strength, tight, strength, tight, tight. Yeah didn't realize that actually the flexibility and the release part was as important, if not more important, than the strength part. And so my pelvic floor was too tight, my scars were super sensitive, and so, you know, anytime anything tried to penetrate, it was like, you know, cut glass inside my vagina. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe that this was, uh, you know, that it could hurt that much, and so thought that there was something wrong you know there was an open wound in there still or something like that and I, I you know having had a year of like being passed from pillar to post around different healthcare professionals finally got to the bottom of it and it was just super sensitive scarring just <laughs> was super sensitive scarring coupled with a hypertonic pelvic floor mm. but you know if someone had referred me to a women's health physio oh my God, straight yeah. after birth yeah I would know that yeah. and I wouldn't have spent a year and a half questioning myself and my relationship and my identity and you know, kind of being Am miserable. I ever going to be able to have sex yeah, again? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think women should be referred to women's health physios during pregnancy. Yeah. In all honesty, I was, I had a conversation with um, a pregnant woman this past week around her pelvic floor, and I said, "Oh, have you, you know, have you Been had see, yeah. any information around pelvic mm -hmm. floor?" And she said, "Well, I, you know, do I need to strengthen it for giving birth?" And I was like. I cannot say yes or no because I haven't been in there. Like essentially, you need to have an internal exam mm -hmm. to know exactly what you need to do. It's a prescriptive yeah. thing. It isn't a general, yeah. you know, I mean, there are obviously a general guidelines that we can apply, but as you said, some women have hypertonic and some women 
don't have enough muscle tone mm. and and or you could have it in different places within the pelvic floor yeah it's not all one big yeah which plaster, is which adds another dimension yeah, exactly. to it um and if we had that information whilst we we're pregnant you just think how how much smoother it creates a clearer path for your recovery yeah which in turn would then affect your relationships yeah well i think it's really interesting as well because I didn't even know that such a thing as a women's health physio existed. Me neither. Which blew my mind because I'm interested in this space. Yeah. I, you know, was getting clued up and everything. And when I spoke to, so uh, we have a, a kind of resident expert, um, women's health physio, called Amanda Savage um, at Ambreathe. And when I first met her, she literally blew my mind <laughs> because what she was telling me was so kind of straightforward but very clever but but kind of stuff that I thought why the fuck do I not know this already why are people not telling pregnant women or women you know as you grow up why do you not kind of come across this information why do you not have it in terms of like this is how you should be looking after yourself this is what you should be looking out for particularly when you come up to pregnancy and childbirth i mean it just seems ludicrous that we're not armed with that information because i could have saved myself a hell of a lot of trouble had i been given it previously Mm. Mm. yeah i think it's the emotional fallout as well isn't it it's not just it's the physical that might be the sort of trigger problem or yeah, trigger yeah, yeah. yeah but it's the emotional fallout that you have from feeling that your body isn't quite working. right or isn't yeah. working properly and yeah 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 exactly um and given that <laughs> it just makes me laugh like if i had seen amanda or someone like her you know 6 12 weeks after the birth yeah. i would have known what the problem was and my answer yeah at that point and I could have spent the next year working towards you know a solution and as it was I didn't find her the NHS you know did various different swabs to find uh, infections so that was at my GP so I went back to my GP two or three times before any of that happened and then she referred me to gynecologist and the gynecologist had a look didn't touch me internally just sort of peered in yeah and I was like well this isn't gonna <laughs> help is it? yeah yeah exactly um and then I got referred to for an internal ultrasound which was super painful because of the scarring oh, remember, yeah. yeah um and then I went back to the gynecologist again <laughs> and this was all kind of you know a f- maybe six weeks in between each one six months or a couple of months mm. in between each one so you know by the time I got to the final appointment back with the gynecologist at which point she actually touched the scars and then and I was like that is really really painful and she was like oh well it's just the scars then and I was like okay but you could have told me that nine months ago like you know why is this the first time that anyone's actually examining me yeah like manually yeah um given the amount of pain that I've told you that I'm in yeah it it doesn't make sense (laughs) and it's infuriating because I think I mean women's why, why are we not prioritised? Mm. Well, that comes back to the whole conversation around, you know, women's pain and yeah. it being, it being um, downgraded yeah. um, and kind of not and being And we're believed. just hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> just hysterical <laughs> beings that can't deal with things. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, it is interesting because, I th- you know, I wonder if the, the, 
there's a lot of conversation to be had around, you know, if, if it were reversed, if it were men that were having the, the issue, I think w- they wouldn't be quite so much of a problem. Yeah. What did I hear the other day? It's a little bit, well, it's kind of off topic, kind of not, that you know that they've been trialling the men's pill, pill, contraceptive pill, yeah, yeah. and it was nearly at point of um, release, but they pulled it because of the side effects, mm-hmm. which include <laughs> uh, headaches, um, acne mood swings yeah. it's like Basically, oh you mean all the shit that we deal yeah, with or yeah. have with some women deal with yeah for yeah ever yeah you know it's it's, it's, astounding, mean, it's infuriating it? yeah. and it's it's so um it's just such an unhelpful it's unhelpful yeah when we, we have women's bodies go through such huge transitions yeah we bring life into the world yeah and why is there not the support around that? Well, it, I think, it, and it goes back to that conversation around, you know, it's it, it, it's what we're made to do, it's what women's bodies were made to do and things like yeah. that. And I just, yeah, that's fine, but th- they are made to do it, but they're also made to have support <laughs> afterwards yeah. to help them heal. And in our society, Western society in particular, you just don't have that. Yeah. Um, you know, in a lot of Eastern cultures, I'm half Chinese, um, you have that, you know, the, the confinement, you know, 40 days in bed yeah. and lots of nourishing food yeah. and, 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 you know, that's that's just the norm. People are kind of around you to help support you and, and we just don't have that village. And it's to support you, not to come and cuddle the baby, yeah. right? It's yeah. so that you can have that time to bond with your baby yeah. and be looked after. Really interestingly, in China, the rates of diastasis are practically non-existent. Diastasis recti, so ab separation, are yeah. practically non-existent because most people spend their time in bed <laughs> and rest oh, wow. for a long time afterwards and the muscles have time to come back. I mean, yeah. there is obviously, I'm, I'm sure there is a lot there around kind of like um, body type and muscle structure and so on as well. Yeah. But you know, that just goes to show the difference in our societal expectations around getting up and going immediately <laughs> afterwards yeah. can actually have a real impact on, you know, how, d- how your body recovers and rehabilitates. Yeah. And I think there's quite a lot in it, in our culture of like, oh, well done, you're up and about yeah. already. <laughs> oh, you look great. Well done, yeah. <laughs> sure. You look great, you don't even look like you've had a baby. Oh, yeah. You're like, Fuck you. thanks, I feel <laughs> fucking broken. <laughs> Like my organs down by my knees, but thanks. Yeah. You know, it's it's such an odd, and I think it, it's um, often those comments about the physical appearance mm-hmm. actually come from women. Yeah, and they are meant to be supportive. Yeah, I don't it's think well they come from a bad place. No, but it's misinformed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and and just because because you we are so often judged as women on our appearance, and it, it you know it just is a natural follow on. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of the worst thing that you can say, really, because if you are feeling a bit shit about yourself, uh, it'll make you feel even shitter, even if someone's told you you look amazing. (laughs) And if you do feel like, oh, yeah, I'm making progress, I'm I'm getting back to myself, it will probably make you work even harder to get back to normal, in inverted commas, and, you know, go to the gym more, like, you know, starve yourself, whatever. And, And it's just not, it's just not healthy conversation to have I mean yeah. with with any I mean we you know we're worth more than that guys <laughs> yeah but it's so in I mean it's so ingrained in, yeah. and I think in older generations as well perhaps 
and it kind of trickles down. Mm. Um, but it's quite dangerous. Yeah. It's how women potentially injure themselves, or yeah. why women still wean 10 years later. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's, it's really sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess my advice is, is, is to... Is, is hard because I think actually a lot of women don't know what they need to ask for. They don't know that they need to ask for help. They mm. assume that, you know, weaning yourself is, is normal postnatally or that, you know, not feeling anything during sex is normal. Yeah. Not getting any pleasure out of sex mm. is normal. Um, and, it, and it can, you know, perhaps it is at the beginning, but it can usually be vastly improved and, and but people don't realize that they can ask for that help yeah which is what I find really, yeah which is what I find quite hard about this conversation uh, about the topic in general the conversation in general is that you know everyone's like oh well, 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 what's your what's your advice and I'm like oh well to ask for help but but a lot of women don't know that they need help yeah because they think it's normal yeah um and you don't question it because you think well I've had a baby that's that's what happens now yeah um yeah. And that's really hard. A GP even said to one of my friends who had a baby around the same time as one of mine, um, she was experiencing some urinary leakage and went in. Oh, that happens after you have a baby. <gasps> and sent her on her way. Oh, makes and me so And I was fuming. Yeah. Like, yeah, it does happen. That's correct. Your follow-up advice should have been, yeah. go and see a women's health video. Yeah. Here are some, yeah. you know, if, if yeah. she can't help her, yeah. Here are the resources that well, can. And also, your GP is your first point of call. Yeah. For most people, I mean, yeah. obviously, there's Dr. Google, but like, you know, your first in person yeah. call with a health professional is, is your GP. That's what they're there for. And if they are not directing people correctly, yeah. what hope do we have? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You absolutely. know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there trying to get the word out, but, you know, there's only so many people that I can reach. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I mean, every little helps, I suppose, but it does infuriate me that, yeah. and the you know the fact that you know I went through the same thing of being referred to exactly the wrong people, and yeah. you know it, it should be should be mandatory. I yeah. think. Um, they have in France. Mm. They have a much better. Well, they have they have an actual postnatal. <laughs> <laughs> much better. We don't have one. Yeah, ten sessions. I think you're allowed ten uh, sessions with a, a physiotherapist. Yeah. Uh, postnatally. Um, and you can, yeah, you can use that to kind of deal with whatever issues you have. So it's not specifically pelvic floor. It, like, you might be, you know, the way that you're carrying your baby, if you've got mm. kind of referred pain up into your shoulder or whatever that might be. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, which is, which is really lovely. Um, I think, you know, there is an argument that it comes from the, overbearing state and the fact that you know French women are expected to look and be at their best and you know do their duty and uh, etc yeah, 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 yeah. which I've heard from a lot of French women actually which, oh, is, which is really interesting because so there's pros and cons aren't there to, to it all oh, but interesting yeah um, but See, it I is was amazing. naively like wow that's incredible yeah, it's it so hadn't great. even occurred to me that there could be an undercurrent <laughs> yeah I mean I obviously it's, it's amazing that that you that it's you know it's get mm. given that and it's and it's provided but I think culturally that's where it comes from yeah okay. or certainly that's the conversation that I've had with people yeah. who've been through it I don't know whether that would be the general consensus yeah. but yeah but that's you know something to bear in mind I suppose yeah 
which plays into our previous conversation around where they've come from. Yeah. 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 Um, so something that, well, that we should all be practicing, but that often gets um, laid by the wayside is self-care. Mm. And I guess what that means to people varies drastically. Yeah. I think it plays massively into the conversation that we've just had around sex, because if you... Self-care is all around priority, prioritising your own well-being mm. so that you can be at your best, both for yourself but also for others. And I think mm. that's a really tricky one for parents in general, but particularly new parents, in a particularly within new parents, new mums, because you just feel like you're running on empty the whole time and you, yeah. can't, you don't even have the time to stop to, to fill up. Um, and obviously the, the, the postnatal sex part of that, you know, really plays into it because if you're not prioritising your self-care, you're not prioritising, you know, fixing, out, fixing your sex life either. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole big kind of um, life cycle, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm desperate for people to look after themselves more um, as a, it, well... I guess it's ironic, really, but perhaps not to be, uh, perhaps not unexpected. I'm not very good at self care for myself <laughs> because I'm so busy out trying to get people to do it for themselves. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I got a new GP recently, and, and I spoke to him about it, and he said, "Yeah, it's often the way with people who look after others; they yeah. don't take care of themselves properly." You know, um, look at me. I'm I'm a GP. I'm telling people to kind of eat eat well, get out and exercise every day. And what do I do? I sit here for like 12 hours a day talking to people mm. in my chair. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grab 20 minutes for lunch. Like It's so hard, yeah. I think, when you do hold space for other people in whatever capacity. And that might be looking after a baby. It might mm. be looking after multiple kids. It might be your job that you, you know, you teach them yoga or you take them on retreat or mm. however it is. If you're holding space for other people, you often prioritise yourself last. Mm -hmm. Um but some, so I'm terrible at self care. Are you? Ter terrible. <laughs> yeah. And I, think I we should do something together. <laughs> should we go for like a spa day? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got these really good retreats. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it would be the dream. But actually, can I leave my partner and kids at home? <laughs> Sorry, babes. I love you. Um, <laughs> but something, so uh, my husband has noted to me quite a few times you know, you have to look after yourself because actually when you don't, it's us that pay the price mm -hmm. as, you know, as him, as in him and my two children mm -hmm. because I am sure I'm tired, I'm grumpy, I shout, I'm kind of the worst version of myself yeah. for the people that I love the most mm -hmm. and that I want to look after the most mm -hmm. and, you know, that I value. And, and you take them for granted, don't you? Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, I started going swimming over Christmas actually. Oh. And it was just, my, I mean, my main goal to go swimming was to have, like, an hour away from yeah. my family, yeah. <laughs> away from my kids, um, and to have a shower by myself with the door closed. <laughs> you know, you've got to take the small wins where you can get them. But actually... I don't know why you'd want the door closed. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it open yeah. in the church. Um, but actually, it's, it has, mentally and emotionally, it has been, like, a complete blessing. Mm. And it 
levels me out in a way that nothing has done for a really long time even yeah. yoga actually maybe because yeah. yoga then became my work yeah yeah so it had other things attached yeah. to it yeah um and it it really it's kind of like meditation it yeah. just totally sorts me out and i have yeah. noticed that i am now a better mum that's really interesting. i am i am a more present parent yeah. i have more space and time for, for yeah. the things that i love doing yeah and he has helped me reframe it because my thing is feeling guilty. Yeah, yeah I feel yeah. guilty about taking time for mm-hmm, myself. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, y- you need to reframe this as a necessity. Yeah. It isn't self-care. You're not yeah. treating yourself yeah. to something. Yeah. It is a necessity for you to function. I think that's a really interesting one because I agree that is helpful to make it happen. But it's only helpful for you because you don't like taking time for yourself. You mm. don't feel like you're worth worth taking yeah. time for yourself. And I think that's a really interesting yeah. hurdle to overcome as well. Because I think, you know, we all are worth time but for An ourselves. Hour. Yeah. It's, you know, when you break it down. And it's, it's like really, I mean, obviously it's brilliant that you've managed to do it. And it's really, like, helpful. <laughs> no, I'm not, you know. No, no, <laughs> no but I'm it not is true. It's denigrating it's a, that. Yeah. But it, I just think that's quite an interesting, even though you have now managed to do that, and I know how hard it is, you know, as, yeah. as, as I say, I've come from the same place that you do. Like, it is interesting that it took that for you to feel okay about it. Yeah. That it yeah. has to, uh, that actually it has to happen. Yeah, it's almost making it another thing that I have and, to do. And also, you you only do it because you're doing it for someone else. You're not doing it for you. Do you see what <laughs> I mean? But do you see what I mean? Oh God! Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, well, I, I think I mean I think it, it took him to say that to say for me to realise. Yeah. Actually, I really do need to look after myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm probably still quite shitty <laughs> to them at times. <laughs> But I think the realisation, like, oh, actually, I feel s- it, the idea of feeling selfish to take the time, but actually yeah. am I being selfish by not taking the time? Yeah, because yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I needed to flip it no, absolutely. to make it possible. Yeah. And the thing is, it's only an hour or two, isn't it? I know, it? that's, that's the thing. thing. God, can you imagine, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. what, if, what if you took, you know, a day or two days? I know. Oh, crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think yeah, it's really it's really really important, and and it looks different for for, for everyone. everyone. Yeah, you know, I would, you know, swimming is obviously great for you. I fucking hate swimming. Like yeah, <laughs> me too. Before Christmas, oh, really? I've oh, never been a swimmer. I've always hated it. You know, when I was pregnant, everyone was like, swim. I was like, yeah, no, I'd rather not actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but I am hooked. Okay, yeah. I swam too much at school. I used to swim mm, a lot, yeah. and you know, train a lot and everything, and. Basically, I just I'm over it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So even if we go, you know, we're on holiday by the pool or whatever, <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, I'll get in and then I'll get out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so for me, it's much more around, you know, maybe I'll go for a run or you know, do a workout by myself or even just, you know, go to a coffee shop and read a book. Yeah. Uh, or like for a wander around the shops without a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never buy anything because actually I'm I'm quite into like being quite mindful about purchases and stuff like that but I go and I'm like ooh that would be nice if I was buying it (laughs) but you know it's 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 just little things yeah having that head like you don't have that headspace when the child is with you to like ponder that's the thing sometimes it's not so much about the activity but it's giving yourself the time and space yeah to think about yourself yeah 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 absolutely yeah it's really important so would you have any tips to new mums or families Mm -hmm. 
about the postnatal period? Yeah, so my, uh, I actually went on another podcast the other day and the, uh, my thing was that I would gift <laughs> a, a, a postnatal women's health physio checkup yeah. to every woman. Yeah. That I feel like is the most yeah. important thing physically. Uh, you know, obviously, provided you're you're healed and your scars are healing and, and everything, and obviously, you know that you've seen your GP and had your sign off and, and mm. all of that. But I think if you can afford it, if you can batter down your GP's door to get a referral, or if you can afford to go and, and see a, a, a physio privately, I think that is the best thing that you can do for yourself, self-care-wise, but also just recovery and mm. relationship-wise, um, because it's all tied in together, uh, as we've discussed, um, and. I think, you know, be it communicating yeah. as well. Uh, I am quite a fiery person and I <laughs> has taken me a long time and a lot of therapy and, and a really understanding and lover of communication husband to draw that out of me. Um, but my natural reaction is, is to kind of put my guard up and, and yeah. like fight back. Yeah. So if someone kind of mention something or what I perceive as, as criticism yeah. comes out. Oh my at god, me, I'm exactly the same person. I will yeah. I will literally be like, what do you mean? No. Mm. And like run away and fight and get angry and blah 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 and yeah. just make it worse. So if you can open up that space for even ten minutes of real conversation and kind of putting yourself out there, whatever your background with kind of communication is within your relationship I think that will make a massive massive difference mm. because if you if you you don't understand yourself you're in trouble if you don't understand if your partner can't understand you what you're going through and what you're feeling yeah and if you are talking to each other you can kind of help each other figure that out um yeah and obviously as a woman you you may have been through more of the changes than your husband has, <laughs> obviously, like you've actually carried the baby and birthed it in, in whatever way. But there's also stuff that he's going through just in terms of like, you know, m mental changes, identity shifts, uh, yeah. and so on as well. And, and feeling a bit useless. I think a lot of them feel a bit useless yeah. because, you know, <coughs> you've got the boob or the baby has come out of you so it bonds with you a bit better or whatever they might yeah. feel it is. Um, so you know, there's there's there is stuff to exchange there, and I think that's that's probably key. And 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 giving yourself time as well. So it it will take time for most people. If you're if you're really if you're really in tune with each other, and you know you've you've had a, an amazing birth, and your pelvic floor's fine, and there's no scarring, you know you might be back on track within a few months. But it's different for everyone. Yeah, you know it took us two years to have fulfilling sex again yeah. three years for it to be any good yeah like and that's yeah. a long time and you know we went through a fuck of a lot in that time yeah i did personally but also us as a relationship and you know we're like amazingly happy now which i never thought i would say which and that's five years in yeah um and you know probably the reason that we don't have a second is because of a lot of that stuff that we're that we went through and that I went through physically but also we went through as a couple because yeah. you know 
we did talk divorce like yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah and I think a lot of people do as well like you shouldn't be ashamed of that guys yeah by the way. <laughs> we did as well because yeah. it's really really hard and yeah. the first year after a baby is actually a really prime time for people to get divorced because it really puts a, a, a pressure on your relationship mm. so don't be ashamed of that it's it's normal like if you can kind of open up and talk about it, it will really help. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm such a big advocate for going to therapy. And obviously yeah. there's many different types and there's many, there's millions of therapists and you've got to find the right fit for you as a couple mm-hmm. and make sure that you both um, like the person, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, we start, we went to therapy kind of with the idea of, well, we've got a kid and a business together. How are we going to separate mm-hmm. this amicably? Um, and two-ish years later, we came out married. Not, you know, and, and it, not just married, but really kind In of it. committed to each yeah. other, really committed to each other and committed yeah. to doing the work. Yeah. Because it is work. Yeah. It isn't, yeah. you know, and it's kind of continuous work and checking in and, yeah. and being kind to each other. Like, I think that's one of my biggest things when you're in that period after having children. It's so easy to emotionally detached from each other and as you yeah. said if the physical relationship isn't there yeah. and you're both tired and yeah what is there left what is there left <laughs> yeah. and and that's when you can be shitty to each other yeah. and unfortunately that stuff sticks yeah. you know so i think being kind to each other even when you're not having sex yeah, and you're both yeah. fucking tired yeah it's it's really interesting actually um emma thompson talks about um the one relationship having different like you have lots of different marriages within your marriage Mm. Mm. so you know you have that like newlywed bit where you're like all happy and everything's everything's brilliant and bright and you know um and you go out a lot and you have sex quite a lot and yeah. you like each other. Everything's spontaneous yeah. right before you have kids <laughs> as well. And then you have like the kids bit and then you have like the post kids bit and then you, you know so it's about kind of being open to being flexible within those different yeah. stages of your of your life and relationship. Yeah, recognizing which I thought that was, which I thought was a really nice way of thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. especially as when you're in it it can feel quite um final yeah like things are shit oh my god are they ever going to change yeah you know and and then you have like a really bad argument you're like fucking hell how did i even think that this person was like yeah (laughs) what what was i thinking yeah Yeah. but then you know light at the end of the tunnel is if you do the work it it can come through the other side and be better than ever yeah a hundred percent i never thought you know in in those horrible early days that Bryn and i would ever have sex again and mm. and actually our sex life now is better than before and you know we've had a baby I've been through all of that like physical stuff been through all the mental stuff and mm. like god we get each other now and do like, you think that's why because you have a deeper level of understanding for each I'm other I'm more accepting of myself mm. so there's a whole load of stuff you know for myself that I have been through like mentally and physically and I'm more accepting of that I know how my body works now I'm happier with my body now than I was you know, my 20s, mm. we also get each other more. We're in a more loving place as well, which helps. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it sounds silly, but, like, you can have so much better sex if you, A, know each other's bodies and know which, what turns each other on. You're, B, you're in a good physical place, and C, you actually like each other. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it sounds figure. ridiculous, yeah. but, like, 
you know, um, Esther Perel says uh, four play starts the minute that sex ends. Mm. So you've got to be, like, it's just those little, like, smiles or, like, compliments or touches yeah. or, like, you know, you brush past each other in the kitchen. It's just yeah. that low level of, like, niceness, yeah. <laughs> which makes so much sense. Yeah, um, It's a bit of an eye-opener. And, yeah, I think that is that is really key yeah. to, 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 you know, finding yourself in a good place. And I think, you know, it, in our relationship, we're, we're pretty happy now, which, you know, if you'd said that last year, like, there's no way that we would, you know, this time last year, we've done a lot of work in the last year and it's been yeah. really interesting to see see how we've changed from yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's so valuable. And, like, yeah. well done, you know. <laughs> but to any, anyone that's doing the work, well yeah. done, because it's hard and it can yeah. be uncomfortable, but... Yeah ultimately incredibly rewarding if yeah. you want to stay in that relationship and 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 actually i'll be honest like we neither of us knew whether we did when mm. we did start doing it i think a bit like you yeah you kind of you went into it thinking one thing and actually came out of it yeah in another direction and i think that can be really rewarding as well just yeah. being open to possibilities and you know you grow you grow as a couple within that you know, within the kind of therapy space as well. Mm. It's yeah. not just about bringing what's outside in. You kind of, you change within there and you take that out as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that can be, I think that can be really transformative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, um, thank you so much you for me bearing uh, all um, <laughs> and for talking about all of this God, stuff with I'm me. So, I know I'm overly on it. I'm, I'm a bit over-sharey, but I'm so into the honesty because yeah. the minute you're honest, everyone else will be too. Yeah. And I know that when I've shared before to, to people, they've been like, oh my God, I thought I was the only one. Absolutely. And it's so powerful, I think, to understand that someone else is, is, has been there and is yeah. on your side. Yeah, 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 definitely. So hopefully it helps. Yeah, yeah, to anyone that might be experiencing it or that is going into it. Um, but yeah, talk talk to people yeah. and to each other. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool, so thank you so much. You're if welcome. people want to find you, mm. where can they find you? So um, our website is andbreathewellbeing.com and it's A-N-D, not the, not the and sign breathewellbeing.com and we're on Instagram as at andbreathewellbeing as well um, and if you've got any questions or you want to kind of ask for, for a bit of advice obviously I'm not a medical professional but I can certainly signpost you in the right direction or further reading um, or if you just want to reach out and be like you know I didn't think I thought I was alone <laughs> then feel free as well um, you can uh, direct message me on, on Instagram or, or find the, the address through the, the website as well and yeah. I've got um, I've got Ambry's retreats up on the recommended practitioners page, so you can always link through through Nave as well. Cool. Thank you so much. Pleasure.